Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, the live stream church services, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and part two of his sermon called Be Still. Back to Psalm 46, Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Therefore, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I was going through the book by J.P. Moreland called Finding Quiet in anticipation of his arrival, and I got to interview him for our radio program, And I mentioned the verse in the first part of that uh, radio interview. And JP was, he mentioned uh, Matthew 6, 34. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. Tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And he said, you know, I've heard that verse so many times. I know the verse by heart. But he said, has anybody ever told you how not to worry about tomorrow? And uh, if, if anybody's ever told you and it sounded good, would you tell me? It's hard, right? But Jesus told us, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be anxious for it. Focus on today. Sometimes people who are in recovery are told, just take it one day at a time. But that's not just for people in recovery. That's for all of us. We are to take the Christian walk one day at a time. The Lord will give us the grace that we need for today. Brother, sister, You cannot change yesterday. You cannot control tomorrow. But you can live for Christ today. You cannot change yesterday. If you are living your life right now in the yesterdays and you have regret, and we understand that, and there's some things that we have to do in some of those cases, like repent of that, make amends. But if you've done that, if you've done the best you can to live at peace with all people, and those hurts and wounds from the past continue to take you out of the place of refuge, please try to lay those at God's feet. You can't change yesterday. If those things are under the blood, then they're under the blood, amen? And you cannot control tomorrow. As much as I want to be in control, any control freaks out there? Any, any backseat drivers? Any front seat drivers? Any, anyway, any, you're in another car and you, you're telling people how they should drive? Okay, anyway. I'm with you, right? But we can't control tomorrow, and so we can live for Christ today. Let me ask you this question. How many of you would be at a better place, emotionally and spiritually, if you released yesterday to God, truly, and you released tomorrow to God? How many of you would be in a much better place? Now, I'm preaching to myself because I'm a work in progress, and I'm trying to figure out how to do this stuff too. So this sermon is for me, and if it helps you, praise the Lord. Psalm 46, verse 2. Therefore, now we see a word therefore, what do we ask? What is it therefore? It always causes us to look back. Well, God is our refuge and strength, verse 1. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, in light of that, we will not what? We will not fear. Therefore, in light of the fact that God's a very present help, he's my refuge and my strength, 
I will not fear. And some of you are going to have to tell yourself those words. I will not fear. And you're going to have to say it with some emphasis. You may have to say it in the mirror to the person looking back at you. You will not fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Now these verses are there because, of course, we all wrestle with fear. But we don't have to fear. We can say, I will not fear because the Lord is my light and my salvation. He's the defense of my life. I will not fear. Whom shall I dread? Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. Verse 2 says, I won't fear though the earth should change. If you have a New King James if the earth would be removed and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea. Now, let me ask you, Bible students, are those normal everyday occurrences? Look at verse 2. If the earth changed or the mountains slipped into the heart of the sea, that I would call a cataclysmic event. And I think what the writer is saying is this. He's saying, look, If you could be in a place where you wouldn't fear if the earth shifted and changed or was removed, and if the mountains, if you watch mountains fall into the ocean, if you didn't have to fear in those situations of extreme cataclysm, what does that do to the little things that cause you fear? If you don't have to fear the big mountains and the big oceans, then you don't have to fear the little skirmishes and the little things that come at you in life. Do you find, like I do, that sometimes the little things stack up and all of a sudden we make a mountain out of a molehill, right? All of a sudden, what was seemingly insignificant and petty, we, sometimes we get in an uh, argument with our spouse And what was a stupid, petty argument becomes a mountain that we now have to recover from. Or we jump to a conclusion about how a person may feel about us or how they looked at us or, you know, this or that or what might be or what if or this or that. And we, "Ah!" and all of a sudden we're in a place of fear. Of old, you did found the earth The heavens are the work of your hands. Even they will perish, says the psalmist in Psalm 102, and thou will endure. All of them will wear out like a garment, like clothing thou will change them, and they shall be changed. Psalm 102, 25 and 26. The earth is going to change. God is going to make new heavens and a new earth. And and I believe that the followers of Jesus Christ may get to watch that take place. Watch God create new heavens and a new earth. You want to talk about uh, what should be a very expensive ticket? Huh? Hey, what do we get to do today? Oh, today God's making new heavens and a new earth. Woo! 
He's going to even throw some new stars out there. Shabam, bam, bam, bam. That's impressive. That's the power of our God. See, this is calm in the ultimate storm. Therefore, by extension, I should be able to have calm in the little storms. You see, if it's possible not to fear under these extreme conditions, by comparison, my little fears should disappear in the light of this truth. Though its waters roar, look at verse 3, and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, Selah, we'll come back to that. NIV says, verse 3, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Here the image could be of the waves responding to the mountains falling into the sea, and by virtue of that, they roar and they foam. Turn all the way to Luke 21. Jesus is describing end days cataclysmic events, Luke 21, and he says these words about uh, that have to do with perplexity and the ocean. This is uh, Luke 21, 25. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, Luke 21, 25, and upon the earth dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, Luke 21, 26. Men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, Luke 21, 27. And then they will see the Son of Man, Jesus, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, Jesus says, straighten up and lift up your heads, because what? Your redemption is drawing near. This gives us a little indication, as you turn back to Psalm 46, of the cataclysmic events that will surround or be happening in the world at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that means we're going to have to have some steel in our souls should we witness these things or be here for these things. But we are contrasted. People are going to be fainting from fear, but the church is encouraged to look up because what? Our redemption draweth near. And that's the contrast between the unbeliever who rejects God and the believer who has hope in the God who made the world and everything in it when he changes the world, we don't have to be afraid. There is a river, uh, Psalm 46, 4, whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. In the Bible, the city of God and the city of man are contrasted, and this has been written about by, uh, I think it was Augustine who wrote about this. And the idea here is the city of God is the people of God in the place of God. You could call it the kingdom of God. And we know there's going to be a new Jerusalem one day, and that will be the city of God. And the city of man is captured in the idea of Babylon all throughout the Bible from Genesis 10 all the way through Revelation 17 and 18. And that's the city of man who rejects God, is anti-God, and persecutes the church. But when it's all said and done... Revelation 22.1 says of the new Jerusalem, and he showed me a river of the water of life, a pure river of water as clear as crystal coming from the throne of God and from the Lamb. There is a river the stream, whose streams make glad the city of God. That river flows from the throne of God. 
It's a picture of salvation. It's a picture of having everything we've ever wanted. It's the waters of life right there coming from God to his people. We're going to be where our God is. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. As you know, the coronavirus pandemic has forced local and state governments to make some regulations to keep people safe. That means Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk-In Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. Many churches are having to face the same shutdown to abide by social distancing regulations. If your church isn't able to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. The idea here is the city of God is the people of God in the place of God You could call it the kingdom of God. And we know there's going to be a new Jerusalem one day, and that will be the city of God. And the city of man is captured in the idea of Babylon all throughout the Bible from Genesis 10 all the way through Revelation 17 and 18. And that's the city of man who rejects God, is anti-God, and persecutes the church. But when it's all said and done, Revelation 22.1 says of the new Jerusalem, and he showed me a river of the water of life, a pure river of water as clear as crystal coming from the throne of God and from the Lamb. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That river flows from the throne of God. It's a picture of salvation. It's a picture of having everything we've ever wanted. It's the waters of life right there coming from God to his people. And we're going to be where our God is. God is in the midst of her, Psalm 46, 5. She will not be moved with the city of God. God will help her when morning dawns. In Acts 20, 24, people were begging Paul not to go to Jerusalem because prophecies were coming forth that chains and afflictions awaited him. And in the New King James of Acts 20, 24, Paul says, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Don McClure, who was Calvary Chapel pastor for many years, uh, went through a whole series of hardships and difficulties. His favorite verse was Acts 20, 24. None of these things move me. And he would sign cards to people uh, you know, an encouragement card, and, and he would always write Acts twenty twenty four, And so he went through a, a terrible tragedy. I don't remember the details of it, but I know it was a significant moment of his life of loss and questioning his faith. And I remember him telling this story. I watched him preach this message, and he said he was walking around outside this building, and he was praying, and he was asking questions like Job about his faith and God, what are you doing? And God spoke Acts 20, 24 to him and put it this way. Is this going to move you? And I remember Don McClure saying, he said to God, that's not fair. You're using my own Bible verse on me. 
He said, you have all those verses in the Bible and you had to use my verse that I write on cards to people. It's not fair, God. And then he came to this realization. You sign that verse to all these people trying to encourage them, but is that verse good enough for you? Is this going to move you? And I think the psalmist is trying to encourage us that we don't have to be moved because God will help us. He's in the midst of his people. She will not be moved. We just studied 1 Corinthians 15. In light of the truth of the resurrection, saints, the Bible says, be steadfast. Remember, what does it say? Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your work for the Lord is never in vain. Saints, be immovable. The Lord is my rock, my refuge, and my strength. Now the, the nations, they made an uproar. Verse 6, the kingdoms tottered. He, God, raised his voice, the earth melted. The kingdoms are always rebelling against God. Psalm 2, 2 Peter 3, the mockers, the, those who fight against God. Revelation 19, the beast and his armies went to fight against the God of the Bible. Put them off, put them off. And God just goes, yeah, okay, pipsqueak, your arms are too short, right? But this is what man does, and this is what we get afraid of. We, we are afraid of people, right? And what people say and how they categorize us. Oh, I remember hearing Greg Laurie preaching at a Harvest Crusade when I think it was one of the members of the Rolling Stones said, we are now bigger than Jesus. Oh, I'd be very careful in making a statement like that. And I, I remember Greg Laurie saying tongue-in-cheek, Whoa, you're, whoa, you're bigger than Jesus. You see, Jesus is the creator of the world and he holds it together by the word of his power and Jesus is your God, your savior, your king, your mediator, your friend. See, the nations are going to be in an uproar, but when the Lord speaks, the earth melts judgment language the lord of hosts verse 7 he is with us the god of jacob he is our stronghold and then what do we have brothers and sisters we have selah now you guys remember that we have a song here so whenever you see selah in your bible here's what it means and there's some different ways to define it and i'll, and I'll define it fully at the end of the message but selah means pause Praise, ponder. Three Ps. Whenever you see Selah in a psalm like this, it means to pause. It's a pa literally a pause in the music. So musicians sometimes have, just like speakers, speakers have what we call a pregnant pause. All right? A pregnant pause is you make a point and then you just pause. You kind of just, <laughs> or you smile at people, right? And the, and the pause in a speech or a sermon is intended to let the point sink. This is the idea of a pregnant pause. So sometimes a pastor will pause because he's lost his place. <laughs> but if it's intentionally done, it's done to make you let the point get into your soul. Move it from here 
down to here. Amen? In the song, it's a pause in the music to cause you to praise God for what was just said and also to ponder the point. It's pause, praise, ponder. That's selah. And it, look what it comes right after. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies of God or the angel armies is with us. The God of Israel or Jacob is our stronghold. Pause, praise, ponder. Think about it. Maybe that's a good time to say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Sometimes when pastors pause, it's to see if you might have a little praise coming back. So we pause to hear a... Oh, uh, there it was. Come behold the works of the Lord, verse 8, who has wrought desolations in the earth. This is judgment language, and it says, take a look. Flip over to Psalm 28 for a second. Psalm 28 is uh, picking up the thought of how unbelievers ignore the works of the Lord all around them. Psalm 28 says these words, verse 5, because they, that is the unbelieving world, Christ-rejecting world, God-rejecting world, because they, Psalm 28, 5, do not regard the works of the Lord, nor the deeds of his hands. He will tear them down and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. I am helped, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts or rejoices, and with my song I shall thank him. The Lord is their strength, and he is a saving defense to his anointed. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Be their shepherd also, and carry them forever. You're listening to Be Still, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 46. Hey, I'd like to remind you that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Some of our church family and listeners like you have committed to helping this ministry remain on the radio and podcast. Hey, we know times are uncertain right now and a little scary, so we're not asking for much. Whatever you can give is a huge help. Our broadcast covers more than 150 cities in five states. And our podcast reaches people around the world. What a blessing that is. So imagine if everyone listening who has never given before gave today. We're asking with our hats in hand, would you please donate $5 today? That's it. No more. Just $5. Please donate now by visiting walkintruth.com and clicking on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on donate. Thank you guys so much for believing in this ministry. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, the novel coronavirus doesn't seem so novel anymore, does it? It's maybe uh, frustration is building in you because you are home and uh, you know you've been limited in what you can do, and depending on what your home looks like, you might really feel closed in or even cut off from others. We understand, and our heart goes out to each and every one of you. And what we would say right now is, this is a great time to maybe reach out to others. One of the ways that you can get over. Uh, the doldrums, so to speak, is to be active, to reach out to others, and of course, reach out to God. Uh, Psalm 46 is really all about reaching out to God in times of great trial, as is described in this teaching, and finding that God is a refuge and, and a very present help in time of need. So call upon Him, call upon 
those who you know and love and maybe even reach out. And I think you'll find some uh, really great strength there. Well, it's a little hard to believe perhaps, but uh, it's also so beautifully refreshing that we are in Holy Week. And you may say, Pastor Michael, what's Holy Week? Well, Holy Week is the week leading up to uh, Resurrection Sunday, and it includes Passover, and it includes a focus on Good Friday and the cross, and here we are. And we have three services we want to tell you about coming up this week. Wednesday night, we're going to do a Passover teaching, and we've been telling you about how to connect with our YouTube stream from our home church of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. So what you can do is go on YouTube, uh, search Living Truth Christian Fellowship, look for the red logo with the pillars, subscribe and share, but jump aboard on Wednesday night at seven as we dive into the Passover, dive into the fact that Jesus is our Passover lamb and fulfills all the Passover imagery. Good Friday, we'll have Good Friday services at 6 p.m. and we'll tell you a little bit more about that in the coming days. And then, of course, Resurrection Sunday morning. Praise the Lord, he is risen. He's going to restore all things. That's 10 a.m. Uh, on Easter Sunday morning. We invite you to tune into all three. So go to walkintruth.com, click on church. That'll take you to our YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe and also click on the bell and you'll get notifications when new services are being posted or new messages to encourage and exhort you are there as well. Hey, we want to just say we love you. We appreciate you. Pray for us. We would love to pray for you. And let us know what your prayer requests are when you reach out at walkintruth.com. We'll catch you tomorrow. Come back tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's encouraging message in Psalm 46 called Be Still. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during a time of hardship. 